So let's go to our text today. It's found in Genesis 3, 12 through 16a. And I will be reading from the New King James Version. Would you please stand for the reading of the word? Then the man said, the woman whom you gave me to be with you, she gave me of the tree and I ate. And the Lord said to the woman, what is this you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. She shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. The word of the Lord. You may be seated. So I, I know it's important for you to understand where I'm going, so I'm going to give you a title today. And it's pain that produces purpose. Pain that produces purpose. I'm a mother of six children and 15 grandchildren. So I clearly, I clearly understand what it means to experience pain and great pain. But when I was doing my research, I found that the human body can bear only up to 45 units of pain. But yet, at the time of giving birth, a woman feels up to 54 units of pain. This is similar to 20 bones getting fractured at a time. That's, that's some pain. That's pain that want to make you say some things that you shouldn't say. I, I, I went back to when I had my first child and the nurse was trying to calm me. And I looked at her and said, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> if you say one more word to me about calm down. It's going to be a real issue. There are 12 ways that women have tried to explain contraction pain to men, and I'm just going to give you six of them. So number 12 is, it's like a, a bad UTI. Number 10 is, it's like food poisoning times 1,000. Number eight is like, it's like having a boulder in my stomach. Number seven, like someone stepped on my insides. 
Number four, like a freight train running through me. And number one is being hit by lightning in the you-know-what, men. Let that settle for just one minute. But today, as we look in Genesis 3, I, I begin to look at Eve. We know that Eve was the first woman and the mother of mankind. She had a big responsibility to carry. But she's received a bad rap because she chose to have an up-and-close encounter with the serpent. And when you look at Genesis 3, it implies that during that time, the serpent stood upright. Before the fall, he was not on his belly. He stood upright. So to my sisters today, I want to say, beware whom you have eye-to-eye intimate dialogue with. The encounter may cause you to believe a lie rather than the truth. You may forfeit Father's original intent for your life, or you may abort a promise that Father has placed on the inside of you. Beware, 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 beware. But the results of Eve allowing herself to be seduced by the serpent resulted in women being relegated to experience pain and travail in childbirth. I want you to see lie just for a moment. Just pause just for a moment. I'm sure some of you are reminiscing right now about your own birthing process. And, and, and as my daughter would say, bye girl, or bye Felicia. Although we wish that we would not experience pain, we realize that it is necessary to bring forth the seed that you're carrying into the earth realm. Now, man provides the seed, so thank you, men. And I just want to say thank you to the men who sang today. It was, let's just give God a hand clap for them. Thank God for the men. But yet the woman has been designed by Father to be the incubator for the seed, the house, the nurturer, and protector for the seed to grow and to be birthed in the earth realm. To come into the place where something is hidden into the place of the visible and the known. So Eve gets a bad rap. And we get an attitude when we think about Eve because we're like, you know what, if she just had stayed maybe in the kitchen. If she just was quiet. If she just wasn't those, one of those women that, you know, like she needed to investigate like me. She needed to do her research. She needed to see what was going on in the garden. Oh, women, we wouldn't be in the place that we're in right now. Life would be simple when it came to giving birth. Now, some of you might say, I've never experienced giving birth, but let me tell you, you have, you have, you have, and you'll see how you have. Not naturally. 
So now I want to flip it. I want to shift, and I, wanna, I want you to look at Eve from a different lens, okay? Her name means to breathe, and it's related to live. In Genesis chapter number one, verse two, it says, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. That noun, spirit, or breath, or wind is feminine. And it is likened unto a mother eagle in Deuteronomy 32 and 11, which says, as an eagle stirs up its nest, hovers over its young, spreading out its wings, taking them up and carrying them on its wings. I come today to tell you that our Father wants to breathe on us today. He desires on this Mother's Day to activate some seeds on the inside that have been dormant and thought dead. You may, you may be saying right now, I cannot see the fruit of my labor. No fruit through my children, no fruit in my home, no fruit in my ministry, no fruit in my career, no fruit in my marriage, just no fruit. But Father wants to breathe on you today. And those things that have been laying on the inside of you, he wants to stir those things up. Some of you have books. Some of you have businesses. Some of you have some ideas that you thought were sort of crazy. And today on this Mother's Day, I believe that as the Holy Spirit would breathe on you, that you would begin to feel the stirring on the inside for the things that have laid dormant. For the things that you thought were dead, God wants to stir it up today on this Mother's Day. Satan had an issue with the woman. See, some have said that the reason why he came to Eve or came to the woman because, you know, she's weak-minded. And that we fall for anything and everything. But I'm here to tell you that the reason why Satan came to the woman because he discerned that she was chosen, ordained, appointed to carry and be impregnated, infused, saturated, permeated with possibilities and even some things that others have deemed impossible. He was able to, to see that. You know, sometimes we have things, women, in us that we just can't see. And others can see it, but we can't see it. And sometimes it takes somebody else to come and say to you, do you see what you're carrying? Do you see what's, do you see what's on you? Do you see what you're walking in? And so Satan knew that. He looked at her and said, mm, 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 mm. she's going to be bringing forth some stuff and I want to stop it right now. I'm going to cause her to believe a lie. Now let me say something because he understood that women have influence. The Bible shows us that because she was able to go to her husband and influence him, right? Mm-hmm. I know it's tough. Great influence. 
But most of all, women are pregnant with purpose and destiny. And so when we look at purpose, let me, let me, let me just talk a little bit about purpose, just a, just a little bit. When we think about purpose, pur purpose is something that is in the present. And there are times in our lives where we might have a purpose for one thing and then it might shift to something else. But when you talk about destiny and you look at the word, destiny is predated. What does that mean? That means that from the foundation of the world, whatever Father said you, you were going to be, that occurred even before you were even in the earth realm. That was in the minds of Christ way before the Bible says in Jeremiah that he basically, that he was known in his mother's womb. He was known before he was brought forth. And he was known as a prophet unto the nation. So when you look at destiny, it's already been predated. It was before the foundation of the world. And some of us need to understand how to step into our destiny. That God said before your mother even knew you, there were some things that he ordained for your life. And when we get a hold of the fact that before our mothers even knew us, before we get, before we get to the place where we are birthed in the earth realm, God said, I called you to be a prophet. God said, I called you to be a doctor. God said, I called you to be a lawyer. God said, I called you to be a teacher. God said, I called you to be a mother. I called you to be a woman and to come forth and give birth in Jesus' name. See, Satan knew. <laughs> he knew. He knew that you'd be set apart <laughs> before the foundation of the world. But guess what? You can't give birth without going through. Not just birth to natural children. Birth to anything that Father has placed on the inside of you. And so there has to be this process called travailing. Before any seed that you are carrying is birthed, there is a period of travailing. It's hard work that entails pain or requires an extra amount of exertion. A form of intense inter intercession given by the Holy Spirit that grips you, but grips Father's heart. It is the labor that comes forth so there can be an opening to be created so that new life is birthed. Isaiah 42 and 14 says, I have held my peace a long time. I have been stilled and restrained myself. Now I cry like a woman in labor. I have pants, panted and grasped at once. Hannah was a woman who understand travailing before she even conceived, but she was mistaken as being drunk. Do you know that when you're in the place of giving birth, you don't care how you look and you don't care what nobody say about you. I remember when, when, when I was having my second child, because I had learned from my first child that when I went to the hospital that my hair wasn't quite right. And so while I was in labor, you know, afterwards, you know, like I look a little crazy. And so I said, I said, so now that I'm having my second child, I'm going to make sure I get my hair braided. 
so that when I come through, maybe I can look a little cute. But let me say something. You don't care how you look. You don't care how you look. You don't care what they say. Oh, she's drunk, she's crazy, she lost her mind. All you know is that you're in a position to give birth. You want whatever you're carrying to come forth and to come out. And you don't care what anybody says. So Hannah, she travailed before conception. How, how many of us, <laughs> how many of us before even we know that we're carrying something, how many of us are willing to go before the Father and stay in his face so that we can conceive. We have things that we have before the Lord, but we're not willing to take the time to go before him so that we can conceive that very thing on the inside. This was a woman who understood, you know what, I want a child, but nothing seems like it's happening. But Father, I'm gonna come before you and I am going to cry out to you. I'm going to cry out to you for the very thing that I want and for the very thing that I need. And how many of us are willing to cry out before we see it, before we feel it, before we hear it? That's what travailing does to us. That's what it does. Ah. Uh, so after we have travailed, there is this process of the forming of the seed which continues beyond the birthing process. Galatians 4 and 19 says, my little children, and this is Paul speaking, so this is, this is a man speaking for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. See, the forming of the seed begins on the inside and continues once the seed is produced. This is an inward work that we see on the outside. It's the same word as metamorphosis. Because any time that you have the butterfly in the cocoon, that is the greatest time. That's, that's where all the colors are forming. That's where all the beauty is forming. And a lot of times with us, what happens, particularly with us as women, we don't like when somebody can't see how wonderful we look or... <laughs> see, we, we want you to see the finished product. I know I do. The rest of y'all can act like y'all don't. It's okay. But I know that I want you to see the finished product. And I don't want to talk about the ugly stuff. And I don't want to talk about the stuff when basically I was hidden and nobody could see me. But let me tell you, when you're hidden, when you're hidden, during that time, God's doing some things. <laughs> 
changing you. He's changing you. You have nobody to tell you it is well. You have nobody to tell you it's going to be all right. You have nobody to tell you that you're going to make it out of this thing. But during that time, during that process, during the time that you're hid, hidden, during the time that God is speaking to you, when nobody else is speaking to you, you are forming some things. You are forming beautiful colors. You are forming who God has ordained you to be. It's during that time. So forming has to take place. Forming has to take place. It, it's not just enough for us to birth the very things, to birth our children, to birth a ministry. It's not enough for that because after we do that, we have to make sure it, it's molded and it's shaped in the way that Father wants it to be so that it will come out and it will look like the will of God and not your will. But you know what I love? And y'all sang that song. What's, what, what was that first song that y'all Trouble don't last. Mm-hmm. Trouble don't last always. Trouble don't last. Boom, 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 boom. Trouble don't last always. Yes, come on. Trouble don't last. Yes, trouble don't last always. Trouble don't last, yeah, 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 yeah. Trouble don't last always. Hallelujah. So, we know that after we have travailed and we see what we produce, we get excited. Ha! Ah, glory! There's a baby, we're excited now, and we don't even care about the travail. We don't even care about the pain. We're like, look what I produced, ha ha ha. Look what I produced, ha ha. We bring the baby around, whatever it is, and we show it off. If it's our ministry, look what I produced, ha. If it's a child, look what I produced. We forget about the pain, because it was all worth it. Let me tell y'all something. Y'all better, y'all better do some little shout about the joy that comes after travail. Hallelujah. Glory. God, we give you praise. Jesus. Ah, that's something to shout about in this place. Ah, we thank you for the joy of the Lord. We thank you that we've been made endure for a night. Huh? Joy cometh in the morning. Oh God, we thank you for the morning season. We thank you, God, for the morning. We thank you for the morning, Father. Glory to your name, Jesus. Ha 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 ha. Ha, yes, God. We might have sown in tears, but we're reaping in joy. Oh, God, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you for the harvest of the seed. Uh, now, I wanted you to get a little excited because we think it's over. Right? Amen. Thank you for agreeing. Because you, you got it right away. <laughs> He's 
like, mm-hmm, that's right. You think, you think, you think it's over. Ha, got my baby, got my ministry, got my business, ha, ha, got my career. Hey, Jesus, ha, 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 ha. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Okay, but we think that that's, that's where it ends. But I need to now take you full circle. I need to take you back to Genesis 3, okay? Let's just go back to Genesis 3. And I want to talk about Genesis 3 and 15. And it says, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. She shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Now, when we look at this, this was the first announcement of the good news of the gospel. Because this is really a glimpse of Jesus' victory over Satan and the redemption of mankind. So somebody is saying, how does this relate to me as a woman? How does this relate to me giving seed? Well, I want to tell you that when the devil bruised the heel of Jesus, he thought he had him. See, he was like, mm, got you on the cross. Ah, <laughs> dispose of you. Mm, I got you now. And so what I understood about this is that this was only temporary. So let me just relate it and bring it into your role as women. What happens is that you have your first day, and it looks like you're down for the count. <laughs> you're down for the count, can't, can't get up. Jesus was down for the count. He was on the cross. He was down for the count. But on the second day, you know, the first day they're going one, two, two. Wait, 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 wait. On, on, on the first day, you, you were down for the count. I, I could, the, no, mm, there was no movement. <laughs> uh, you, I thought, I, I thought you were dead. <laughs> I thought, yeah, the fir first day. One. <laughs> Two. The breath of God. The breath of God begins to breathe on you. Ah, two. Wait, 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 My thought my opponent was out and down for the count. Day two, there's some movement going on. Jesus. But on day three, you rise up with all power and authority in your hand. And you begin to look the devil in the face. And you say to him, you know you can't keep a good girl down. Ah, you can't keep a good girl down. 
force not to be reckoned with. Ha ha. Ha, you can't keep me down. You said day one, maybe. I was down and day two, I didn't have that much strength, but on day three, ha ha, I rose with all power and authority. I rose with all power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. Jesus. See, huh, I believe that Ah, there is coming what's called a third day anointing. And some of you are going to leave this place in three days. <laughs> the stuff that kept you down, you're going to rise up. You're going to rise up and you're going to take authority over some stuff that has had you. And you're going to take that booger. <laughs> You're going to take that booger and you're going to tell that booger you better run for your life. Because I'm well and alive. Well and alive. Ha <laughs> ha. But let me say something to you. <laughs> In order for us to leave this place, understanding... that we have been called to give birth. Every last woman in here, hear this. No matter what it is, you were designed to give birth. And we need to leave here understanding this. We need to get that Father is trying to breathe on us. Not just while we're in church, but after you leave church. So this is what I want to end with. I want us to do a prophetic act. What does that mean? It's the action given by the Holy Spirit that becomes a sign and a visual statement that releases in the realm of the Spirit and we begin to walk in that thing and declare it. So before I go to my seat, I want us to corporately use our feet to crush the head of the enemy against our children, against every seed, against our ministry, against every area of our lives that the enemy has tried to come and take. See, remember that the Bible says that he shall crush the head of the enemy. And so we're going to move from a wounded position, because some of y'all are like, you know what, I'm still wounded. We're going to move from a wounded position to a crushing position. So I want you to stand, those of you who can, particularly the women. Come on. Come on. Come on, women. And I have one question for you. Are you wearing your killer shoes today? Do you have on your killer shoes? Huh? Do you have on your killer shoes? Because we're going to need to have on our killer shoes in order to crush the head of the enemy. And so I want you, by faith, to begin to... Come on. I want you to begin to crush his head. Come on. Against your children. Come on. Huh? Against your finances. Huh? Against your home, hey! Against your marriage, Amanda! Ha! Against your family, hey! Any seed that you have produced, come on! I want you to begin to crush it! 
name. Come on. Ha. Yes. Jesus. Ha. Come on. Jesus. Come on. I'm telling you, you're going to get a release. You're going to get birth. Ha. Some things you've been carrying, you're going to get birth to those things. You're going to leave this place. Ha. And you're going to get birth. Ha. He's under my feet, he's under my feet, and ain't no devil in hell gonna walk on my seat. Come on! He's under my feet, he's under my feet, and ain't no devil in hell gonna walk on my seat. Come on, crush his head! He's under my feet, He's under my feet, and ain't no devil in hell gonna walk on my seat. Hey! He's under my feet, he's under my feet, and ain't no devil in hell gonna walk on my seat. One more time! He's under my feet, he's under my feet, and ain't no devil in hell gonna walk on my sea. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Yes. <laughs>